0: Thank you for joining part two of the podcast where I interview Josh Young. I wanted to give a trigger warning before we even started this episode because there is one point of the episode where Josh opens up about his past, talks about a suicide attempt. So I thought I would just throw that out there. Also, disclaimer, there is talk about drug use in this episode as well. If you have not heard part one, please go check out that episode and thank you all again for watching. Here is part two of my conversation with Josh Young. Enjoy. I was curious, so like obviously having to deal with the pain of just
1: like all your
0: friends kind of like ostracizing you and everything. How did your family take it?
1: No, absolutely. um, my dad was, and I really haven't talked about it enough, but he was the one that like gave me these books, and <clears throat> I would not have challenged my faith in the way that I did without my dad without without Bob because um it was his journey as well, and he was the one that like read these books and kind of passed them on to me, and even now he um he still I would say. You know, I mean, if you, if you have him on, he'll tell you all about it. But he still, you know, has a connection with Jesus and the Christian faith, absolutely. But Christianity as a religion, he's pretty, pretty devoutly against at the same time, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, I absolutely empathize and uh, agree with the opinion that the vast majority of modern Christianity has been heavily bastardized um, by... <clears throat> by this idea of, uh, and this is a tough thing because evangelism, right? Like you can make a claim that Jesus was an evangelist Mm -hmm. and there's something fair to that and it's kind of weird. It's like how do you divide that line of when are you just spreading a word in a benevolent way and when are you doing it with some ulterior motive? And I just think that there's a lot of ulterior motive or at least misguided motive. Um, I think that'd be a fair way to maybe put it is a misguided motive with a lot mm-hmm. of that um, but um, my my mother is absolutely still uh, you know going to church uh, a time or two a week and is much more in the same vein of what we grew up with than my dad is but they still both you know are, are Christians. My mom is aware you know they're both very smart individuals you know Mm. my my mom isn't dumb she knows that she knows that i smoke weed she knows (laughs) that i have tattoos all over my arms and that i don't go to church and stuff like that um but a lot of it is i'd say a lot of it goes unsaid because it doesn't necessarily need to be said i think Mm. that that is the thing that my parents have given me and something that i I feel like i've I've hopefully gone into some good detail on is the idea of love, regardless, because mm-hmm. while my mom does <clears throat> stay attached to these faiths, there is nobody that we could um bring over to my parents house as as a friend or whoever that they would turn their nose at and be like oh this kind of person that kind of mm. person they're yeah. so loving you know that's i awesome. mean my one of my last roommates head to toe in tattoos mm. like clearly was not about to go to church on a sunday yeah. and uh, and my mom could not have been kinder or more loving to uh, that individual and that's awesome. um yeah, it, it's just—it's always been loving people first mm-hmm. uh, within within my family, and a gift that I could not begin to uh, explain my appreciation for. You know, because a lot of a lot of people really aren't there's whether they know it or not. There's so much, especially in kind of milk toast suburban Christian families, there is a an ignorance that ends up implying or directly affecting a kind of discriminatory attitude. Um, And it doesn't matter what you're discriminating against. You just, you do discriminate, you know? And not to say that we're perfect, like, absolutely. I think that um, there are certain beliefs that... That I don't hold, you know, Um yeah. at, at least ways like I know homosexuality for my mom is, is what I'm thinking of is like she still thinks that in the eyes of God, that is something that is not not all right. And that doesn't mean that she would treat anybody differently where they to walk in. She's still going to love you the same, but she is going to think that that is like a sin. And, you know, we weren't allowed to watch Ellen and stuff like that, you know, like
0: oh my growing gosh, Th- that kind dude, of yes. stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just laugh because that is just such like a Christian mom thing to do. Like, <laughs> so, oh, my oh, mom was a such gay a gay talk. Mom. Sh- oh, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Uh,
1: oh, a little spicy bit. We weren't allowed to play Pokemon. You might know this. Oh my gosh, dude! Oh. Look me in my eyes, listener, if you're watching this, because of evolution.
0: <laughs> I was just about to say that when you said you didn't believe in evolution earlier, when you were explaining that whole thing when you were 12. I was yeah. like, were you not allowed to watch Pokemon? But that Literally. Explains Dude. Yes, that is absolutely oh, what happened,
1: and she gosh. will deny that to this day. Joyce, <laughs> Joyce, don't you lie to me? You can't lie to us because we know, and my myself and my sisters, like we're we're aware of why we couldn't play Pokemon at least Natalie and I wanted to. yeah, um but Dang, he's such a sad child, yeah, dude, you're telling me? I wasn't allowed to watch SpongeBob because it was quote unquote too stupid. And I did not realize how much that would just absolutely mess me up. <laughs> Like like everybody makes Spongebob quotes every other second. Yeah, just adults. Like, oh, man, that's right. We all, you all grew up watching Spongebob, and I just missed that. Like, that is such a cultural touchstone. Yeah. It's unreal. Yeah. Um, It's one of those things where these days it it does go kind of unsaid. And I also think that because I'd like to think of my belief and my faith um, as – rather malleable, I think that it is something that can at least... What I mean by that is it could be described in a lot of different terms. Mm. So if I am talking to my mom about something, I am more likely to speak on it in these Christian terms. Mm. And if I bring up God, that might mean something different to me. But in essence, we're talking about the same thing. We're talking about the same kind of being that is overseeing the world, right? And mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe that there is one. However, it is important to my belief structure that, and this is something I always have a really hard time describing, I don't necessarily factually think that there is a God, right? But I do believe in a higher power, something that's like, if, if anybody listening knows or has been a part of AA or something like that, I know mm-hmm. from... From friends, and the time I was on probation, and had to take these classes, yeah. that uh, the twelve steps involve um, surrendering yourself to a higher power, and yeah. that that higher power can be anything. It could be mm-hmm. the forest, it could be a rubber duck that you have at home, and it could be something like a Judeo-Christian God or something larger in religion. And I really like that idea. Um, it's it, it it is integral to my sanity to believe in a higher power, and. Whatever the higher power is could, could be anything, could be whatever. It doesn't have to exist. But that concept, that idea needs to exist in me um, in order to ma- yeah, maintain a level of sanity and to feel a comfort and a peace in knowing that I don't have to have all the answers. Mm. And that's the biggest thing for me. Um, That goes back to, it's probably like three years ago now, and uh, we'll just kind of like get into it here. I had just moved out into this house in Redford, and this was around the time that, so it was like two years ago, when, when COVID was really hidden, when it was starting, everything was shutting down. And I had moved into this new place. For one reason or another, I was, you know, we were all apart from everybody, but I'd just gone through a breakup and one of my close friends was attached to that relationship, so I wasn't seeing them. Mm -hmm. My best friend was going through a bunch of stuff. His, I used to like spend all of my time over there, basically lived there, and he was going through a bunch of stuff and he needed his space. Mm -hmm. And, I was very much in this lonely time, as a lot of us were um, when when COVID hit, and just had a really bad depression for um, for a couple months there. Not feeling much closure with the like the relationship. I didn't feel much closure with, and that that friend that I lost. I was in a musical project with, and so my mm. like, and so my my catharsis, my my way to get stuff out, was then yeah. affected and. It was just me kind of writing songs. And at the time, I was working salary, and we traveled for work, so I wasn't going anywhere. So it was just me at home with nothing to do, almost no responsibilities, if anything, feeling very empty and feeling like... The way I've always described it is, leaving religion, I started to rely on myself more to a point where I did become more of an atheist and just believing, no, there's nothing, like, all that stuff is BS. Mm -hmm. And... I pictured myself as the CEO of the skyscraper of Josh. Like, you know, it's a big tower, a big business, and that business is me. And there's all these floors of people running around and signing papers and and, and all this stuff. And I was at the top, and it felt like the entire building was on fire. Mm. Hmm. And it went, Well, I am at the top here. There's nothing else. That can be done because my office is on fire. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I can't. I can't solve any of these problems, and I. I just. I don't feel um, a support, and so what is there? And um, I very lightly took a like. There's. There's levels to this stuff. There's levels to this stuff. Um, I can't stress that enough because. Mental health is a complicated beast. Yeah. But I did a very half-hearted attempt on myself um, with a with a leather belt around my neck. And there's a there's a, a very a very twisted humor to the fact that I am 6'6. And it is very hard <laughs> when you're 6'6 to yeah. find a place to put a belt on a ceiling yeah. that that you can actually reach. Um, but like, wandered aimlessly, unable to, and then just kind of, like, pulled on that belt for a little while, but knowing that, you know, um, it wasn't fully going to go through. And, you know, I was in therapy at the time. I still am. Shout-out to my therapist, Nora. Um, Shout-out to my roommate at the time, Kara, who was really there for me. Mm. But all of that is to say those experiences made me realize that in order to keep my sanity... When I felt like everything was on fire, I simply had to believe that whatever it is, whatever the case may be, mm. there is something in an office above my office mm. that is signing yeah. papers. I I often say I picture it a, like a black silhouette, like the dad from Codename Kids Next Door. That that just idea and surrender. Surrender mm. is the word that I take away from that time. That idea of just accepting that you are not going to have the answers, but Something does, and things will work out in ways that you cannot comprehend. And if you spend all your time trying to figure out how things are going to shape out, mm. you're going to drive yourself crazy. And it's that—that that Jesus take the wheel. It's mm. that—it's yeah. that idea of I can't do this on my own. I'm letting go, um, and <laughs> yeah. and finding a peace within that is something that I think all this stuff happens naturally and often in order to find new healthy ways to look at life you have to hit a, a rock bottom you know mm-hmm. that that is a big consistency and i am grateful for the people that were in my life at the time and grateful for the concepts that i was raised with you know mm. and that idea of god that that i know what it's like to fully believe in a god and it was not too difficult to then piece together what that looked like for me at that time like okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna attach this i'm not gonna attach the bible to it i'm not gonna attach jesus necessarily but i'm going to take all of those good things all those things that again resonate within me Mm -hmm. and adopt them into a way to keep myself all right and spread that as best as i can with other people which again like when i say that stuff it I I I wince at myself as though I sound enlightened when I I am not. I am a broken broken person mm. who has flaws that it, that that I'm constantly trying to work on and and get better at and I don't mm. know more than anybody else but those those principles help me feel all right mm. and I've had, you know, Again, plenty of, plenty of bad times since then, plenty of great times since then, but that was a, a big defining moment in how I understand faith. You know, yeah. That was kind of the return to the idea of belief mm. that um, kick-started how I feel about stuff today.
0: Wow. Wow, that's amazing, man. Well, first of all, I'm just so glad you're here, man. Like, you know, I'm just so thankful for your love. Who else would you marry
1: if uh, who else would I marry? Josh,
0: (laughs) wow, man, that's yeah, that's incredible. Um, a few thoughts I had as you were saying that, um, going back to like the piece of your mom part, um, you know, truly shout out to Joyce right now because, um, just of like how much she's just like loved you unconditionally, because like I know there's a lot of parents out there where it's like their kid doesn't go to church anymore or they don't believe in God or whatever it is. And it's just like, and I totally understand it It absolutely wrecks them. But like the way that they like go about it, where they almost like become apathetic and like, Oh, I don't, he's not my son anymore. Mm, Or, you know, like I, you know, there's, there's a lot of that out there that's just like, or just looking at them so differently and it is sad, but I'm so glad that your mom loved you like just so unconditionally. And like, um, if you mind me bringing up, I remember you sharing with me when you got, uh, if you're okay with me oh, saying yeah. this, uh, when you got the whole DUI for the possession of marijuana. And yeah, everything. yeah,
1: D- not a DUI to be or, specific. Or no, or you I got in possession. Or? Yeah, so I got yeah I got arrested. Weed my car. It was um, it was. Yeah, possession of narcotics and the possession of paraphernalia were the two misdemeanors I got. Gotcha. They dropped one when I pled guilty to it. Spent eight months in probation. I did 30 hours community service. I did, I want to say it was like 10 weeks of this outpatient therapy program that was basically like an AA-NA kind of mix. Hmm. And, um, geez, and like two thousand dollars in in fees and all that Gosh, and yeah. oh yeah and, and drug testing three to four random times a month you'd yeah. every morning i would wake up at like five or six o'clock i forget um and i think it was i think it was six that your your colors would be put on this website and mm-hmm. i was uh black was the color and so if i just saw that with all the other colors it was like okay i'm gonna go in and um tinkle in a little cup and uh have to pay them money for it uh yeah that was uh that was the whole thing yeah my mom it, was not happy
0: yeah. i remember
1: <laughs> i remember oh man i told her this story too i just find it hilarious like yeah obviously you know any mother in that moment i was like oh, 19 or 20 or something like that not going to be pleased i remember that there's this little kind of bump at the end of our driveway where there's like you know one of those water pipes underneath you know and you got the like I don't really know what that's called, but mm-hmm. um, sewer channel or whatever, something like that. But anyways, there's a bump. At, there's a little hump at the end of our driveway, and it had needed to be removed, and so she just gave me a square shovel and sent me out there uh-huh. to try to, like, try to get rid of it. it I could not. Yeah. It was it was cement. <sighs> this is cement and, oh like, a, a stone, yeah, yeah, a, a square shovel. Um Gosh, I find that hilarious, just like, all right, you're going to go, yeah, you're going to go hit rocks with a a shovel. Yeah. That's what's up. But I'm so sorry. Anyways.
0: I just wanted to say, though, like, I remember you telling me that you felt just like, even though your mom wasn't mad, like, you still felt, like, so loved by her. Like, she came and picked you up, and, like, it was like she was just there for you, and I feel like she was just truly showing the love of God in that moment of, like, just being so mad and furious Mm. and disappointed with your son but like still just
1: loving him no matter what 100% yeah and that's something that I I, I think I even can almost take for granted in like a really beautiful way that Mm. idea because you you say those things and I go man yeah something like that happens to some kids and like their entire relationship with their parents could be changed forever and my mom will always be my mom and I know that there's nothing that I could do to change that and that is the kind of just to echo what you're saying mm-hmm. the kind of infinite eternal love that we both appreciate and desire so much to have in our lives from the ways that we were raised and the the teachings of Jesus for both of us and that mm-hmm. you can you know find that love in in many ways but but yeah but yeah absolutely nice man
0: and like i guess my question too so like it's like this long summary of it but i guess like if you were to like Paint it in the shortest summary of like what you believe in now. Cause, like you said, you were atheist at one point, and mm-hmm. then, like, through AA, you realize like there's something greater than you, and like, you. through mass depression through mass depression but no but yeah yeah, absolutely absolutely i know there's people out there that say like they kind of put a label on themselves you know of like oh like i've deconstructed meaning like and i'm still trying to kind of figure it out it's like oh so like do you still believe in god and you just like hate church and never want to be a part of it or like um
1: it's a great question and I don't know if I have an immediate answer for you because, for sure, like like <clears throat> the best way I feel like I can put it is perhaps I I ascribe to whatever whatever brings out the best parts of me and whatever I can do to bring out the best parts of the other. I I wouldn't say that I'm Christian. Mm-hmm. I would say I am as. I'd say I'm more Christian than atheist maybe you know For I, sure. I I do I do just like to believe in something anything you know yeah. um and I think that I think believing in something I believe in something mm-hmm. I think that's the best way I can do it I can I, I just believe in something and I don't know what it is and that something doesn't uh, <sighs> that something doesn't have to be anything which yeah. I realize is such a uh, confusing way to put it but um my belief system is to merely believe and to to trust that there's more going on than I'm aware. Mm-hmm. And that if I am on my path, if I feel like I'm connected with my journey on life, that it'll do okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of pitfalls. I remembered reading something recently that I'm going to totally botch, but to paraphrase, it's the idea that, like, our addictions and our vices pull us away from enlightenment. And I think that that's really powerful, and I think that maybe that's the the journey I hope that I am on is this idea of, I guess, enlightenment, but not in this kind of traditional pop culture way of, like, one day I see the light and all of a sudden I can like see everything and yeah. I've got, I can astral project and mm-hmm. know what you're about to eat for breakfast tomorrow. Like nothing like that. Being fully present with one's existence, mm. I think is a better way to put it. So I have, um, I have taken psychedelic mushrooms before, okay. um, I have m- maybe more times than I've had regular mushrooms because I hate mushrooms. <laughs> I hate mushrooms. Oh, I do not eat regular mushrooms. I've probably eaten more psychedelic. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've done acid a couple of times as well. I am very, I'm very particular about it. I haven't done it in a couple of years, but I, I think that I think those things kind of come to you instead of going to them and that it has to be in the right environment. And for me, I always want to get something out of it because it is, I mean, scientifically proven that you are, your brain connects in all these different ways. It's like, okay, A goes to L, M goes to T, what have you. And when you take um, something, uh, a psychedelic like that, like psilocybin, your connections now go everywhere. Now A goes to B through Z. You know what I mean? Your Your understanding, your thought process is scientifically expanded from these things. And so... This was like the second time I think that I had tripped and I remembered getting to a point where I was no longer in my head, which is mm. kind of a weird thing to, to describe. But it was like my inner monologue wasn't necessarily existent, shall we say. Every time I was, I was with one of my friends and because we we're having these conversations, everything that I was responding with felt like it was exactly what was coming out of my heart. It hmm. felt like exactly who I was because yeah. we we are constantly altering who we are and how we say things depending on the situation. It's kind of our anxiety brain is like, okay, I'm, ar- I'm, I'm around you. I'm not swearing. And, and I know you said that I can swear, but it just doesn't feel right. Um, but it just doesn't. And, you know, if I was in that place right now, then maybe I would be swearing. I would yeah. be doing exactly how I felt, and I felt like that was my understanding of enlightenment is full presence, being full fully, completely and utterly present in any situation. Um, That is more or less a, like, some version of that is what I am looking for. I am looking to be so in tune with understanding who I am, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, Mm. that it is not a question. I'm not, I mean, I, I, I have an anxiety disorder, and to be rid of... Some of that constant incessant thought and analysis, and merely enjoy the present moment is I think the goal of a lot of us is to just not be in our heads all the time and um, that's that's another big part, but again, like you you, you kind of asked me for a concise description yeah, yeah, yeah. and i 've gone on all <laughs> these tangents, and it's yeah. emblematic of the the way I see things like i i I don't know how well I can I can pin it down other than yeah um what I said earlier as far as like just having having belief and trying to put as much good out there and and be as good as I can and take out I guess as much negativity but um yeah. you know we, we, we do what we can and I just wanna love others.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome,
1: man. I'm I love trying. that.
0: Yeah, no, are you're, you're doing very well.
1: I love you, Alec.
0: <laughs> I love you, too. Um, you know, something that I thought of that resonated when you were talking is, like, you feel like addiction takes you away from enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And I've had this, like, click in my head before of, like, um, I was talking to my friends, and they're Catholic, and they were just explaining to me some of their beliefs. And they were like, yeah, we believe that, like, murder is, like, a worse sin than, like, you know, the rest of it or the rest of the sins, and like, so is this or that. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Like, I could, like, because at the end of the day, like, I believe God sees all sin as equal. And it's like, I'm curious of why somebody would put one sin on a higher pedestal than the other. And the more that I thought about it, I was like, oh my gosh, you know what? Like, maybe they're like maybe they're onto something mm. as in like, cause even though I don't necessarily believe that like one sin is greater than another, like that I just couldn't help but thinking of like, all right, like let's, let's define sin for a second. A lot of people are like, look at it as something very black and white. Like it's good and bad. Like sin is bad or sin is evil. Like, mm. and it's like, well, I think it could get there for sure. But I think what sin is, is like, sin is what separates us from Jesus. When we commit like I and I've never killed anybody, but uh <laughs> I mean put yourself in the shoes of somebody for a second that just committed the act of murder. Like I'm sure that oh, putting like putting the shoes on. Just so we're that <laughs> I'm sure that like anxiety would just like rid your body at that moment. Guilt mm. would rid your body. Your body mm. would experience something that it never has before of like this guilt and this shame and this anxiety and adrenaline and all this stuff and even though you did commit evil it's so hard to be present with God in that moment because everything is overwhelming your body right now with Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. and when you say like addiction takes us away from enlightenment I think of the same thing like when Like, you know, there I've been to those classes before of, like, you know, people talking about why porn is so bad. And, um, like, you know, I totally agree with that. And Mm -hmm. even though, thankfully, I've never struggled with pornography, really, um, like, I understand, like, the the addiction there and why sexual sin could be considered an, an addiction because it's, like, your body is just so overwhelmed with this feeling and, like it's so hard to be find enlightenment in those times.
1: Mm.
0: So I don't know that just like kind of provoked something in me where I feel like I believe something similar of like, man, I don't know if like these sins are better or worse or whatever it is, but I do think that it does take us away from this higher power, you know, for you, for me, whatever it is. So that, that definitely resonates with me. And that's kind of something that I believe of like, man, I think there is something behind why the bible says like you know sexual sin affects the body more than any other sin like i think the reason of that is because it's like it's so much harder for us to focus on god when our body is literally pushing us towards like one direction you know mm.
1: yeah no i i think that's a that's an excellent point and i it, it makes me think like earlier i mentioned i smoke weed i i and in, in it's from conversations I've had with you, honestly, that have challenged me in in these regards because, like everything we're saying, there's there's ways to distract ourselves from problems we have to face. Mm-hmm. And all these things that, that you brought up, you know, they are often distractions um, from problems we have to face. And I know that we've had—this <laughs> is so Christian of me to say, but we've had the pornography conversation. Um, and— I am not currently opposed, <laughs> um, but but I but I really do. Um, I don't know. There's something in me when you when you say that that does resonate as far as the ways that we distract ourselves and the ways that we can. Um, we can rely on impulses instead of dealing with other things. And this is something that I'm sure, like, a scientist could probably do a, a better job of, you know. I, I don't have the answers there, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's, like, there's something to be said for denying yourself and there's something to be said for accepting who you are at the same time. And it's, it's that weird fine line game we play of, like, If I spend all of my time being upset at myself for being imperfect, I'm Mm. not going to get anywhere, and I'm just going to fill myself with hatred and misery. Yeah. And yet if I'm fully complacent with the person that I am today, if I'm totally okay with it, then I'm never going to grow.
0: Yeah, And there's no reason to change.
1: So I think you might have just helped me realize what my religion is. My religion is balance. Hmm. I think that that is at the end of the day what i believe everything to be and the purest form of anything is is balance is is the something in between if there's a, a million miles of blue on the left and a million miles of red on the right and in between them there's a centimeter of nothing that balance that 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 something in between because so many so many things we can ascribe to ourselves as negative that are just one side of the coin and trying to find a place where you can meet in the middle with yourself and with the world, I think is where you find the happiest places. The the quote, the wisest one is the one who knows himself the most. It's that kind of idea of, I think when you know yourself, you know that it is a balance, that it is Mm -hmm. in between. Um, I think of... I was, like, a really lazy kid. Um, well, and, and see, and that's not fair, but but st- I'll start off by saying, like, 16 years old, I get a job working at a grocery store. Do not care about it. Mm-hmm. Super lazy, like, did not care at all. Um, and so I labeled myself a lazy kid and, like, mm, would be yeah. upset at myself and all this stuff. When I started to work at jobs where I enjoyed them, I was having fun, and I felt useful, b- became... Uh, I'd, I'd like to think a fairly exceptional employee. And, and at, this, uh, yeah, at this point in my job, like, I have a lot of trust I've built up and a reputation. People know that they can rely on me and all these things. Mm-hmm. And so on one side of the coin, I can just say I'm lazy. And on the other side of the coin, I could say, well, I only care when I really, like, want to care about something. And in the middle – Oh man, this analogy is kind of going off the rails. But in the middle, um, I just am. Mm. You know, I am. I am not this. I am not that. I'm. I'm something in between. And like, um, gosh, yeah, I really did not land that analogy the way I wanted to, and I'm a little bit upset about it. But I digress. Um, Often we find ourselves um, being upset that we are one way. And we wish we were the other. But if we were fully the other, we would, you know, the grass is always greener kind of thing. Like, like the grass is always greener, I think, is a really important sentence. Mm. Because if you can find some way to balance yourself on top of that fence, you're going to find something to be okay with. Yeah. Something like that. For
0: sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I definitely, I again, I always value your perspective, Josh. It's always.
1: As do I to you.
0: It's always enlightening me. Did you know a Little Caesars Hot and Ready Pizza is only $5? And if you have a gluten allergy like me, you aren't able to buy that pizza anyways, so you could put that $5 towards our Patreon. That's right everybody, for only $5 a month, you could get extended cuts and early access to all of these podcasts. For everybody who has subscribed to the Patreon, they have already gotten to see this episode Last week, which is a part of the early access benefit, so go check out our patreon. Thank you and back to the episode do you feel like because you're you're a like really deep thinker, obviously, and you've thought about a lot of these things before
1: I, I, I'm not going to label myself that, but that is a, it is a kind thing to say and I, I, I yeah. guess I, I definitely spend a lot of time thinking yeah whether or not that's productive is another conversation
0: yeah. <laughs> and And I guess that that is part of the question is like, um, you know, I believe, like in the Bible, uh Solomon says like w- wisdom is misery, kind of mm. like <laughs> it's it's miserable to like be like have a lot of knowledge and like be yeah. smart, um, so do you feel like sometimes that might have sometimes that affects your faith because at the end of the day, I think like a part of faith is like just fully believing and not seeing. And I think, like, when we strive for too much knowledge, it's like I have to have an answer at the end of the day. And for a lot of the times I personally believe that's kind of, like, for a false sense of peace. Mm. But, like, what do you think when it comes to that?
1: I, I think that's a really great question. Um, I think that's really interesting. I would say I absolutely... Fear the idea of fully surrendering to a faith or a belief system, mm. and a big part of that is because I did, and that was shattered. You know, mm. um, be- because I—I I, I mean, I was a very devout Christian. You know, I was—I was a good boy, and anything that I was a good little boy, and anything that I did that was outside that was sinful, I felt shame and guilt inside mm. for. If I was like like I, I cheated in math one semester. And, um, you know, I looked, at, I looked at boobs on the internet. <gasps> I did it. I did the thing. What? And I, and, uh, and just felt, like, horrible, and it tore me up in this stuff. And mm. I, I no longer feel that kind of guilt or, or pain mm. in me being myself. I, I accept it. And, and And that's not true. it's not like I'm that enlightened, but depending on the thing, little things like that, like i won't I won't spend all my time calling myself a piece of garbage. I will accept that I am imperfect and that it is a journey, and that is okay. And mm-hmm. that is very vital to how I believe things but 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 on your point of faith. It's really, really hard to picture me fully just going, yep, all right, I'm going to believe in this thing. And because that giving up that level of control mm-hmm. does feel dubious. Um, it, it is a fear I have because you can look at, as a Christian yourself, if you see somebody become a devout Scientologist, mm-hmm. you're going to go, man. You know, like and I mean any devout Scientologist, I'm gonna go, Man, you know, like I really wish that you hadn't given up that much of your autonomy to have all of this faith in something that is fruitless. Mm. You know? No matter how many things you might get out of it, plenty of people I've I watched a lot of Scientology documentaries, so I'm fascinated by it. A lot of people got a lot of good out of Scientology at first. And it was the rabbit hole that that led that that created that a bunch of horrible stuff. But To me, it's hard to say if that's the case for this religion, what makes any other belief system different? And if I fully say it is this, then it means that it therein can't be that, you know? And and that kind of rigidity, I do fear, I do push against. And the question that you asked incites this, well, is that... You know, how good is that? How bad is that? I, where I'm at now, I don't think there's any more argument for one religion than there is another. And at the end of the day, any religions, um, what they would say to that is, yeah, but ours is right. You know, and mm, and and, and yeah. I and I'm really curious to your opinion and I again like I'm I'm having a great time and thank you so much for letting me ramble as much yeah, as I do. Excellent. And I want to hear um your opinion on that and and how you see believing in something so solidly and and, and how you take the question of why not? another religion outside mm. of this is what I believe because you can go with this is what I've raised with and, and stuff like that, which I, I frankly do think is the um, beginning of that for most people. Mm. But if it is if it is not that, if it is this is what I believe, um, it has changed me. Well, um, other religions have also changed people and yeah. you know, made them for the better and stuff like that. So what is it for you and your faith that – this might be a harsh word, but I don't mean it harshly, yeah. demands a label or a name or an answer, uh, do you feel that pressure, maybe not pressure, but do you feel that kind of desire to um, remain with under one banner as opposed to any other banner? You know, is is it the teachings and, and all-encompassing, like all the stuff that they talk about is better than the stuff that the other people talk about? Or, um, I, I don't know, just yeah you know you for see what'
0: sure. I'm yeah, yeah, no, no, I appreciate that question a lot um yeah man it's it's one of those things of like I've heard people that have talked about before, like, oh, you know, I just wanted to see if there's more than Christianity out there, so I just started studying every single belief out there that was like known to man, and um, you know, I'm not that person, I've never <laughs> done that. And I think for me, just like a bit of my testimony, it's like I I've grew up Christian. You know, my parents raised me going to church and everything. And I think the best answer is like misery. Like if it wasn't for misery, I would have never found Christ. Hmm. Because like, and I know it's, I know it's funny to say, but like when I was 17, I, I was dating a girl. I remember my parents or my mom being like, well, you need to date like a Christian girl or whatever. And, um, or like encouraging that at least she didn't say you need to, but encouraging that. And I dated this girl from my church and it didn't go well. And I was like, well, what's the point of dating a Christian girl mean a non-Christian girl or, you know, whatever. I dated this one girl when I was like 17 and we dated for a while and I lost my virginity to her. So she eventually broke up with me mm-hmm. and I was like ruined and mm-hmm. went through like a depression, the grief stage, everything. But that was like the point in time in my life where I like dwelling to me, like I, that's something I struggle with even to this day is like dwelling on everything that's went wrong in mm-hmm. my past with mm-hmm. failed relationships and that overcame me more than anything I could have ever wanted in my life. Like I, I would never ask for that on my worst enemy is like what I went through at that time. And I know that sounds a lot. Cause again, like
1: Not people always. might
0: listen and be like, Oh, he's just this 18 year old kid that, you know, went through a heartbreak or whatever. But like in that time, it was like, I kind of just did my own thing. And then I dated another girl and you know, the same thing happened. She breaks up with me. I'm super, um, you know, a lot of emotions and, now it's like I'm carrying the weight of, like, two of these heartbreaks, and it's just like this is, like, too much to carry. And to that point of, like, that, that point of submission. I absolutely see that kind of parallel there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it wasn't until I was 19, and I went to a uh, my college group, Pastor Chris Pasick, um, who's the pastor of Unite Community Church, he was talking about how, any everything that happens bad in your life, God is using it to pull you closer to Him, and like, out of every sermon, that was like what stuck the most, and I was like, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. there's a reason why I'm going through this right now, like all this misery in my life, and I believe God is using it to bring me closer to Him, and I remember my mom just giving me a devotional. And it was called uh, Jesus Calling Peace in His Presence. I'm sure you've seen it before. I'm sure your mom has it or something as well, maybe. I just remember reading the devotionals and like the peace that I experienced in my life Mm. was like absolutely undeniable. Mm. And I'm so thankful for that like time that I had with God because like I know there's a lot of people that are like, man, I've never felt God I've never heard from him. That's why I don't believe in him. And that's so heartbreaking to me. But like, dude, in that time I was like, there was like a, this feeling that I've never experienced before. And it wasn't like a, Oh, I went to a church worship service and I felt something because of the songs or whatever. Mm. It was like, Nope. It was me and a book in my living room, experiencing the presence of the Holy spirit for the first time in my life. Mm. And it absolutely changed my life. But going from experiencing like the worst misery I've ever experienced in my life to this undeniable peace that made no sense. It was like, okay, there's something here. Mm. And that's mm. where it was one of those things of like, I didn't have to question it. I didn't have to question if, you know, any any other of these like gods or religions or whatever it was, it was like, all right. This is, I I don't need any further proof. This is like it for me. And like that, I don't know if I answered your question fully, but that was like just the overwhelming experience that I had with Christ in, in that season of my life. That's when I was like, this is it. That's like, there's nothing else.
1: No, that's... Uh, I, thank you for sharing. I yeah. appreciate it. I, I, I had heard bits and pieces of that story, but to hear yeah. it all concisely was uh, was a treat. Thank, yeah. thank you. Um, yeah, again, but way. yeah, I I find that interesting. And how much, as I feel like you were kind of realizing as you were saying it, that does draw parallels with the story that I told of kind of when like... Yeah. It, it made me realize like that is when I quote-unquote... Found God hmm. was in that moment when I really because you're always looking for God, um, hmm. and you think you found him, but but he like he doesn't hit you like that. I think growing up, like when you have those emotional nights of worship where they get you know they get like 15 people saved instead yeah, of like yeah. one or two, raise like, your hand if you got saved, raise your, your hand, hand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you feel that there's that social pressure, honestly, to feel something to feel this connection with God and so much of that is manufactured, but when you hit Rock bottoms again mm. i I don't know if we were talking about rock bottoms and the I was talking about that with my mom a little bit earlier um yeah, yeah, in order to get to a certain points, you need to like hit that low and feel like you're out of options and be yeah. desperate for something and the concept of surrender, the idea of believing in more than yourself and that things will be okay. And really feeling that inside mm. is so transformative and is the the floor you need to not feel like you're constantly falling sometimes. And um, yeah, for me, I just, I feel like I found that but in a different way. And I think, mm-hmm. I, I personally believe that you can find that in different ways, but that it doesn't really matter what way you find it. It's about finding it and then being able to this little light of mine, I'm, I'm going to let it shine. shine. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like mm-hmm. really, just, just being able to spread that as much as you can and – for me, I think that religion will restrict that because of people's bad relationships with this religion or that religion or the fact that they do believe in something else. And so mm. just because you believe in something else, there is now a wall where we could be talking about the same stuff, but you can't hear that because mm. you just know that I'm labeled this or that. And, like, mm, yeah, again, walls and stuff like that. I just I try to avoid them, and that wasn't my, my personal journey. But I really do... Um, I don't know, empathize with a lot of that and I think that that is so beautiful and one of the most important moments in anybody's life if and when they feel like they can find that sense of um surrender and and and, and peace. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. It
1: um you know, I just I just feel
0: the need right now to like be a witness to the things I've experienced and like um I do truly believe, like, the whole reason we're here is, like, to glorify Jesus, you know. And I love sitting with you and talking about this and, like, just being, just hearing the story right now, like, everything we talked about today, like, the fact that you were trying to buy a laptop from, what was it called, One Egg or something? New Egg. New (laughs) Egg. Like, I, I feel like, like, even from something as little as that is that new egg wouldn't process your order to the fact mm-hmm. that you went to best buy to get a new laptop who you saw dan who invited you to play this show where i then met you where it's you crazy. and i and chase started working together and i got to know your heart and you got to know mine and we just like started this friendship and just like just this love and the fact that i got to work on this incredible art that is now in my portfolio, that's like higher up in my portfolio, just because of how well it turned out out coming to, you know, going through all of these things, coming back here right into this moment of us making this podcast, getting to share my story, getting to hear yours. Like, it all goes back to glorify God. Mm. Like, I truly believe that. And like, I don't know, it's, it's such a cool thing to me. And I'm like, like, whether if you or anybody else believes that or not, I'm just here to say like I've been a witness to it, and I think yeah. it's awesome. You know. Yeah. And
1: and what's funny is that I I I would say that I think that we both feel that way. Mm. I think that I would say that we that that I agree. I I don't necessarily know if you would. There's clearly no love lost because no matter what, I mean that's just yeah. Alec is the homie, and we love him so much. Um, but I, I say yes, and I, I say that you know, for me, it's the universe in whatever that means, mm. and and for you, it is a, it is, it is Jesus Christ. And mm. who am I to say that that's incorrect? You know, it would be, mm. it would be against the way I see things to suppose that that's incorrect. It would just also be against the way I see things to suppose that it is absolutely correct. It's it. That that seems to be that the, the the place where we do find ourselves like it's not a, it's not like on the other side of a wall it's like on the other side of a tennis net it's it's <laughs> yeah, like I yeah. can see you clear yeah. as day over there yeah, and we're yeah. still hanging out we're having a good time yeah um, but there is that there is that 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 thing there um, and also to put a double button on the on the story I loved how you just kind of created that that segment of it at the very beginning of that. When I was trying to order that laptop and I was with my friend, I might have mentioned this earlier, but I feel like I didn't. It didn't go through like three times. And my friend said to me, maybe the universe doesn't want you to get the laptop right now. Oh, man. I swear. I swear. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it did not, you yeah. know? And and God did not want me to get that laptop right there. God wanted me to meet you. God wanted me to have yeah. all these things happen. absolutely. And, man. um and at that point like we we agree fully and It's like that thing that that feeling of oh this is special i can see all those moments and and how cosmic they are we both think they're cosmic we both think that there was something to all those it's just a matter of at that point what is it and yeah. that's where there's this i think interesting place for debate and conversation but mm, yeah. but we are really yeah we always end up being so so similar in how we see things and and feel them but just with different names at times and and um i mean you know depending on how you want to look at it different motivations but i think that they are also i think they're the same motivation i think they're very similar motivations at the least
0: yeah for sure man um last last question for you on this topic huh? as of right now cuz yeah. i can't think of any more but yeah, um of course how can christians just love you better cuz obviously we've we've went through and we've talked about all these like Things that you know the they've done that they think they're loving you mm. and they're just really not. They're building up that wall. So like, and anybody listening that's a Christian, I really want them to like take this in right now because it's like you are getting like the inside view of like somebody that has different beliefs or whatever it is. And like, I'm just like, like just let them have it, Josh. Like, how's mm. how's the best way that you could feel loved by Christians?
1: Immediately, it doesn't strike me as something that's like, okay, what can Christians do? It it feels more like what can people do in general to, like, I don't know. I I heard that and I just go, what can people do to love more? And mm. I think that the biggest thing is just listening, which it feels ironic because I. I know that I'm your guest, but I st- yeah, yeah. I, I monologue so heavy. I'm, I'm yeah, big into monologuing and, monologuing, and you're very gracious. So we've <laughs> done a lot of that. But um, taking the time to accept that you don't know everything mm-hmm. and trying to be present and think that maybe just maybe somebody – has a point that I don't know. And getting over your own, yourself, your your, your ego and your defenses mm. is so difficult. Love and, it. And love it, love it. And, you know, it, and it's a weird thing because I don't think that that's something that, I know it's not something that can happen overnight. And I don't think it's something that you make as much of a concerted effort on as you trust that, the universe, God, what have you, will will guide you to opportunities in order to do that. Mm. So recognize the opportunities where you can be an active listener. Yeah, you absolutely. You can and and an active questioner. You know, yeah. Be be curious. Be curious. Um, yeah, bro. As as Ted Lasso says on one of my favorite shows, Ted Lasso's great. Yeah. You know, um, people that um, don't ask questions that aren't curious, they end up with less perspective. Like for me, well, let's go maturity mm-hmm. is acting upon perspective hmm. and in order to act on perspective you have to have it so the more you can get out like dude what i want y'all to do what i want everybody to do is do something new you know yeah make make different friends try a new hobby um listen to a new kind of music that you would turn your nose at, you know, because gatekeeping is a way that we just stop ourselves from having more fun. I was so against liking The Weeknd, <laughs> and 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 my coworker at Trader Joe's was like, "Have you heard Starboy though?" And I was like, "The Weeknd, yeah, whatever that pop BS, you know. I yeah. listen to real music. Have you ever heard of Mumford and Sons?" Like. <laughs> <laughs> like the Mumford. And like sons. Mumford and sons. And it's that idea of like great things can, can come in ways that you didn't realize they could. Yeah. And uh and that's your your heart being hard. And mm. uh just, just soften it, bro. Not for me, for, for yourself, for Dude, everybody, man. Gosh dang, bro. I love
0: it. Mm. I if I could just like if I could write all that into a quote
1: and just like that'll be the Instagram post. Good luck, that'll yeah. Good luck. <laughs> good luck finding a thirty-second clip for TikTok <laughs> when I'm going on for eight minutes about psilocybin and like getting arrested. Yeah. Oh <laughs> no, but dude, that that is
0: truly, Josh. I couldn't have said it better myself. Oh and, shucks. And uh, I I oh, second gosh. that. I third that on uh, Josh. Uh, everything Josh just said. So to Ooh. summarize it. Christians people you heard of your uh, third let's uh let's be let's listen better mm. let's be a little bit more empathetic
1: and let's be a lot more humble and listen to more of the weekend and a little less muffin. <laughs>
0: okay smuffing something's been go. cool in a while <laughs> bro i'm dead no dude that that is so awesome and you know it's so awesome that you say that because peter scazarzo the guy that wrote that emotionally healthy relationships course that um tony and i went through hmm. he talks about in there how um i think he quotes it from somebody else but they say like typically like listening and loving are almost like indistinguishable. Like you can't Mm. tell them apart. And like, I hope everybody that wants to learn to love others better today. I hope that they could truly understand that, that like, bro, just listen to them. It is so easy. Like do your Mm. best not to have a one-sided monologue. And again, I've been guilty of it. It's like uh, everybody just, just listen. And like, that person is going to feel so much more loved at the end of the day
1: that is a love language that is it facts facts <laughs> and that love language is called therapy because <laughs> because that therapy is 100% yeah uh, uh, just a huge part of what i've learned from going to a therapist and like and and the friends of my life that have had the biggest profound impact on me have sometimes said the least 'Cause we all know our that's own problems. Right. Like like yeah. we all we all know better than anybody else what's wrong with us. Yeah. We spend all day thinking about it. Yeah. And so when you share yourself with, with somebody and your 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 feelings and your pains and they go, Well, have you thought about going outside more? Yeah. Like <laughs> that's what drives people crazy because it's like, <laughs> Yes, I have <laughs> Yes, I have as a matter of fact. Have you thought about
0: cutting gluten out of your diet?
1: (laughs) Oh, save it. Save it, Martha. I don't want to hear it right now. Go back to your spin class or something. And the more that you do try to give people answers that they really can figure out themselves, the less they're going to trust you, the less they're going to be able Uh, to open themselves up because they go, oh, if they think that that's my problem, if they think everyone already thought about that, then they're not going to understand the things two layers past that. You just... You let people work, man. Or you they wait just, till they ask you for advice. Yeah, exactly. Or they just bulldoze you or the they, entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm not not feeling here. I'm not, yeah. Okay, I guess I guess my feelings aren't heard. And that's the thing. It's like the desire is to get your feelings out, bring yeah. the internal external, so you can see them and make sure that they're real. Yeah. Because they're swimming around, and it's just like that that emotional vertigo is something that I've felt so many times, especially in like my understanding a belief and seeing them shift. Like, shoot, how do I actually, how do I feel about this? What is good? What is bad? What is right? What is wrong? When you're able to just say those things. And that's it's um, why I write all the songs that I do, I'd like to think, is that articulation of taking what's internal, making it external. I have all these thoughts. I'm not going to think about exactly what thoughts I need to get out. I'm just going to get these thoughts out mm. and see words just kind of <clears throat> appear on the page. Yeah, and then realize, oh man, okay, yeah, that that works, that hits, that applies. Um, whatever your catharsis is, that's that's the lesson too. Is like, bring the internal, external. Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: absolutely, dude, that's awesome. Heck um, yeah, bro.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Mister. Yeah, it's absolutely, been a, a true man. pleasure and a half.
0: This concludes Josh Young's interview, and I just want to say that I'm incredibly thankful for the unconditional love that his parents have poured out on him throughout the years. And I'm also so thankful for Josh's heart, for Josh's honesty about his beliefs, his path. And it has been an absolute honor getting to have this conversation with him. I'm still trying to figure out all the copyright stuff to music and putting it on a podcast on Spotify. But until I figure that out, please go check out Josh's band, Camino Kid. As you've heard us talk about in the podcast, I got the opportunity to produce their music and I thought it turned out incredible. So go check out Camino Kid. It is on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere there is music distribution. And I will leave a link in the bio for you to go and check it out. I am so excited for everybody to listen to the next podcast coming out in two weeks, where I interview my friend, Ernesto, who has his own podcast, I Am Not Podcast. It's a powerful episode, and I am so excited to share it with everybody. That episode will be out in two weeks, and it will be out next week for the Patreon subscribers only. I hope everybody has an amazing week and thank you so much again for listening to The Road to Reconstruction.